Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, very glad you're with us for the Friday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. I consider it a great success that once again, we've actually made it to the end of the week after all of the insanity that we've discussed uh, this well, week. <laughs> you know, so you're, uh, we have made it, it. It's still the middle of the day, Greg. Let's <laughs> not tempt Let's not assume yet. That's the voice of Rob Long filling in for Jim Garrity today. Jim was off at the very swanky National Review uh, dinner at the Reagan Library on Thursday night. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, Rob, of course, contributing uh, editor at National Review Online. He's co-founder of Ricochet, host of the Martini Shot podcast, co-host of the Glop podcast, a very busy man. So always, But not so busy that I couldn't, you know, they didn't invite me to that dinner. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I think I know where I rank. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I can. The email's getting drafted as soon as we're done here. Dear Mr. Lowry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, on to uh, we, today. We have no good martinis. Uh, unfortunately, that's the case sometimes. But uh, we have a bad and two crazies, and uh, we should, of course, start off by saying for those of you who have been through the path of Hurricane Ian, and those of you who might be enduring it right now, if you're along. Uh, the Carolina coast and, and those who are going to be in its path soon. Um, we're thinking of you and those of you who have been devastated, certainly praying for you. I've talked to various people, especially in Florida who have sustained a lot of damage. So it's a big storm, not only in terms of size, but ferocity. So uh, we are certainly thinking of you and we hope you're back on your feet soon. Uh, Rob, our bad martini today uh, comes to us courtesy of both Iran and American feminism. Now, For some reason, the media doesn't like to talk about it. And my hunch, of course, is that the administration doesn't want them to talk about it because criticizing Iran over their treatment of women, including a woman who died in the custody of the morality police. Boy, Orwell couldn't have come up with a better term than that uh, in Iran because she wouldn't wear her hijab. Not a lot of attention on that because the Biden administration, I think, wants a nuclear deal. But the feminist left, very, very quiet on this. The State Department has officially condemned the tragic and brutal death of Masa Amini, uh, who died in the custody of the morality police. And there are some new sanctions related to the morality police. But, uh, Rob, I've, I've seen no condemnatory uh, public comments from Biden or anyone else from the administration. Right. Uh, and even the members of Congress, who you would think I would be all in, in uh, out front on this. Very, very quiet. You've got the squad, for the most part, saying absolutely nothing. Ilhan Omar, nothing. Rashida Tlaib, nothing. Ayanna Presley, nothing. AOC has talked about it, but in the most cringeworthy way possible. Her tweet says, Solidarity with the courageous women and allies in Iran protesting for their freedom. Masa Amini was senselessly murdered by the same patriarchal and autocratic forces repressing women the world over. Yeah, the right to yeah. choose belongs to all of us, from hijabs to reproductive care. So, Rob, it's the same. Women in America treated just like the women in Iran. But just like with the uh, you know biological men and women sports, all of a sudden, American feminists they're they vanished. Are they on the side of a milk carton somewhere? Well, no, they're they're uh, they're they're turfs, right? They're trans exclusive <laughs> radical feminists. J.K. Rowling, who's about as lefty feminist as you can be, and she's not feminist enough. I mean, for all I know. Some of those feminists who used to be incredibly, incredibly liberal and progressive and feminist are, have been read out of the of that whole movement because they they say things like, well, you know, I mean, I, you could be born a woman. I think only people born all that stuff. Bet you some of them will be speaking next year at the National Review Institute as they all slowly move right. <laughs> um, what's weird about this, of course, is they it isn't that is that they use this as a vehicle to say, well, you know, in this country, there's a 
wage gap between men and women. Everything is a way to look through the lens at some, you know, interior intra-country domestic tiny little petty dispute because they simply have lost the vocabulary to radically and unilaterally condemn a country that um that is anti-american i mean it i just remember i'm old right so i remember there was the time on when you watch the network news it was peter jennings on abc and he was doing the abc news and he would pronounce the country of nicaragua he would pronounce nicaragua and it was kind of stupid and pretentious. And then he realized the only countries that he pronounced that way, you know, in the you know accent of the country, were the ones that were anti-American. Cuba, Nicaragua, but it was Costa Rica when he <laughs> wanted to say Costa Rica. And this is sort of what leftism is, which is like, well, we don't really want to criticize Iran too much because we, we are really busy criticizing America. And if we actually draw a comparison, everyone's going to say, wow, you know what? America's a pretty good country. You know, this is actually pretty great. We don't we don't do that. So they must the way the old Soviets had to do. They must remind you that actually before you start condemning the Iranians, do please do remember that uh, a lot of trans people are not allowed to uh, teach trans stuff in Florida. They really only have one song to sing, and it doesn't really matter what uh, the song is playing. They're going to sing the words they want to sing anyway, um, which is incredibly a long winded way to say we should not be surprised. Uh, at this, we should not be surprised that people who have worn a mantle of equality uh, are refusing to condemn a country that they find um, in, in some ways sort of interesting because it's anti-American. Why the kid gloves on Iran, though? Is it just about getting the nuclear deal done? I mean, this is. The... Oh, you mean from the administration? Yeah, probably yeah. there's that. But I mean, but again, the, the more <laughs> getting the nuclear deal done, you know, there's a time when you like the deal isn't worth it. I mean, the nuclear deal done. I mean, I think Iran already has a nuclear deal with Russia. I mean, the 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 idea that <laughs> that it's worth pursuing a deal with a country that is breaking the terms of that deal as we speak is kind of ludicrous. Like it's, you know, give up, fellas, give up. It's not going to work. Try something else. Um, and I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world uh, to to continue to isolate Iran, to continue to maintain whatever kind of sanctions uh, regime we have, which is sort of porous at best. But th- these are these are things that work over time. And I, I, I don't understand the need to come up with a fake piece of paper for a country that we know isn't going to abide by it and toss everything else aside. And which, frankly, look. When change comes to Iran, it's not going to come from the outside. It's going to come from exactly these kinds of protests. So why not support them? Exactly. Obama was silent about it in 2009 because he was playing the long game to get to the first nuclear deal. And I assume Biden's going to essentially ignore it. You know, maybe officials are going to issue a terse, strongly worded statement here and there. But ultimately, we're going to leave these people hanging out to dry, I think. Uh, unfortunately, this would be a great time to champion that. I mean, think about the difference that uh, it made when President Reagan and, and and the Pope championed the Solidarity Movement in Poland. I mean, that type of international support makes a massive difference. Uh, and uh, these people are struggling to get the, the video and their messages out of Iran. And we're basically saying we don't have time for this because you don't fit our political agenda right now. Rob, I don't understand how Iran's not the biggest international pariah on the stage. I mean, I'm no fan of this new live golf tour funded by the Saudis and so forth and whatever people want to criticize. I don't really care. Go ahead and criticize. But I bet if Iran did the same thing, it would be less criticized 
uh, in our culture right now. <laughs> yeah, probably. There is a weird – I don't quite understand it. I think there's a practical reason and then there's an ideological reason or, or I shouldn't say ideological uh, and a, a stupidity reason. The practical reason I think is that you know, for the past five, ten years there have been – protests in iran i mean at one point i think there's one point a year where, where by, by june there had been a a significant protest uh every weekend so the, there is this sort of feeling that we've been here before there are these protests in iran and they get snuffed out because the um whatever the internal security forces are just sort of brutal from the beginning um and that the people see the choice in iran between um western style you know chaotic de democracy or worse uh, and this kind of autocracy, religious autocracy. And so still right now, the religious autocracy may have on balance, more, maybe more popular. Right. So, you know, I could see the, the, the mandarins in the State Department saying, yes, this is this is a, a welcome development, but it's uh, it could be worrisome and uh, it's happened before. So let's just sit on our hands and wait. OK, I get that. Right. Then that's a policy and they should say that. But instead, what they seem to be saying now is. It's not really happening. We're going to pretend it's not happening. We still want to deal with the government of Iran. And I just find that weird. I think it's uh, it's it's just this kind of weird E-Day fix. You know, they decided they fixated on this deal, this 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 nuclear weapons deal, which isn't going to work and isn't going to last and isn't going to be uh, abided by. And they decided that that's the most important thing. And, you know, it's kind of it's like it's like neurotic behavior. Like if you went to your shrink and said, I'm doing this weird thing where I have to wash my hands every six minutes. You know, it's like well, we got to break you of that. We got to see the world. You, know, you have to like stop doing that. And I think they just they, as you say, they just carried it over unthinking policy. They have not reevaluated and they are going to miss an opportunity, I think, here to at least publicly make friends with and support. I mean, maybe not 51% of Iran, but a very vocal percentage oh, yeah. and a very brave percentage, right? Sure. These are, these women are brave uh, to be protesting in Iran. This is, there is sheer, un, only one way to describe it. That's bravery. These are people that Americans traditionally have loudly and vociferously supported. No, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the uh, people at the State Department, anything other than the status quo, and they're pulling their hair out over there. It's why they thought Reagan was this reckless renegade. No, 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 right. detente. You got you to gotta keep it the way it is. It's, it's international stability. And then as soon as the, the Cold War you know, comes crashing down with the Berlin Wall and the fall of the Soviet Union, oh, it was inevitable anyway. It was inevitable, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> why are we spending all that money on, on military? It was inevitable that the Soviet Union was going to collapse, which, of course, they said the opposite six months before. But I love that argument because it's like, well, why even fight World War II? Because eventually Hitler's just going to shoot himself in a bunker. <laughs> right. Um, OK. All right. Well, things happen because. And it seems to me that there's an opportunity. I'm not saying that this is going to topple the regime in Iran, but you chip away at it and you let these people know that they have uh, the support around the world, but especially in America. And it'd be nice if they had the support of real feminists who believe in women's rights and wherever they are. But I suspect that uh, next week the dog will bark and the caravan will move on. Yeah, unfortunately, that's largely the way it goes. So uh, that would be great. That would be great to chip away at the Iranian regime. And the U.S. could play a big role in that. But uh, yeah. this, this crew, they refuse to do it. All right, on to our first crazy martini now, Rob. And this one's kind of a double-fisted crazy. Uh, this is from the Washington Free Beacon. The wife of President Joe Biden's top aide has a fancy new gig at the aforementioned U.S. State Department. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Wednesday announced that Monica Medina 
wife of White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, will serve as U.S. Special Envoy for Biodiversity and Water Resources, which sounds very official and fancy. According to the Washington Post, though, which initially declined to note that Medina is married to Klain, the decision to promote her to the newly established role of, quote, diplomat for plants and animals is one that underscores the Biden administration's desire to fight climate change. Rob, I see that that phrase, diplomat for plants and animals, and I'm thinking, okay, we are through the looking glass at this point, because first of all, if you're going to have this role, it should either be the Lorax or Dr. Doolittle, you know, who could talk to the animals, and the Lorax, I think, from Dr. Seuss could talk to the plants. But, you know, as part of the climate agenda, if the trees could talk, they'd be saying, we love carbon dioxide. And I don't think that <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I don't think that this administration would go along with that so much. <laughs> That's right. Uh, two things. One, I feel like this ties in to, with with the previous topic, right? So we have a genuine uh, uh, freedom protest movement in Iran, women protesting for their basic rights. Seems like that should be a State Department issue. And the State Department's big move this week was to create the role of a diplomat for plants and animals, right? I mean. <laughs> Could you be more off topic? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is she gonna, what is who are the par- parties involved? It's like, what, what are you are you representing American interests to the, 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 the plant and animal kingdom? Are you represent? There's so many things wrong with this. I mean, it is a crazy martini, but it's also a bad martini because the, the irony here is that I mean, there's one media story, right, which is that the Washington Post wouldn't say that she was married to Ron Klain originally, and then they had to which is sort of interesting, right? seems like it's detailed. I don't really, I mean, the interesting thing to me isn't that Ron Klain's wife was hired in the State Department. The interesting thing to me is that Ron Klain is still working in the White House <laughs> when at any other president, the, the chief of staff in a kind of a mess of an administration that is still under 40%, I think, approval, that guy would go. He would be gone. As I say, I'm old. I remember all sorts of palace intrigue from all all presidents where when there's trouble, political trouble, they look at the chief of staff. They say, well, maybe you got to go. Maybe we need somebody else in here to run the ship. He's still there. So that seems to be a kind of that's a weird martini right there. But what I what I guess is like none of this makes any sense if you're interested in climate change, if you are urgently obsessed with climate change, there are only two things that you need to do. You need to frack and you need to build nuclear power plants. So what the what the State Department needs is a, a diplomat for fracking and nuclear power plants. And if they did that, without a doubt, I mean, we know this, the U.S. emissions and worldwide emissions would go down. If that's what you care about, then that's what you do. If instead you care about talking and jawing and posturing and posing, then I guess you have to then then you you find yourself in the bizarre and idiotic position of having a an ambassador to the daffodils. <laughs> Rob, you live in New York. I, I'm wondering if this is a stepping stone to the left deciding that they're going to be defending plants and animals in court. Wasn't there elephants at a zoo or monkeys at a zoo yeah. or something where they uh, tried to give them human rights and, and let them sue people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, although the real problem with animals is that, you know, what, what, what would the damages be? I mean, uh, you know, I'm a dog lover. I've had a dog my whole life. If my dog, if she tried to sue me, she, I could I could pay her off with like, you know, a peanut. She'd be thrilled with a cube of cheddar cheese. 
whatever I do, if I give her some cheddar cheese, she's going to be happy. She's going to forgive me. So I don't really think it's much, much in the way of tort law here that's going to make any lawyers rich. What are you going to get? 30% of the cheddar cheese I just gave my dog. So problem is if you have, if you have weird, strangely limited beliefs, you end up saying and doing and espousing things that are nuts. And and you don't have to, but you these are it's a choice. It's a I mean, I'm not trying to bring everything together on a Friday. It is a choice to be so obsessed with weird little domestic issues that you can't condemn full throatedly the regime in Iran. It is a choice. You made a choice. You you blocked yourself into this. You blocked yourself into one way to look at climate change. So you can't look at solutions. And it's so bizarre to me because there's no reason why they have to do this. They just when you find yourself doing something and saying something so dumb as an ambassador to to the daffodils and to the you know the mice field mice um maybe you better like take a step back and take a deep breath maybe take a day off and try to realign your priorities a little bit because there's no, no there's no reason why you have to be so weird <laughs> that's exactly right but joe biden has a 50 year track record of never being able to resist anything <laughs> that the that the mainstream of the left wants him to do now and this unfortunately right. is becoming mainstream but i can just see this turning into some sort of environmental reparations down the line might be a long way down the line i don't know but uh, you know the rainforest has somehow been depleted right. so we need reparations for that and uh, you know deserts or water something they're going to turn this into a money grab somehow uh and uh and this is just uh i think the latest step towards that all right, on to our final crazy martini and our final martini for the week. And uh, Rob, one of the uh, cringeworthy yet really funny things to watch has been uh, the left trying to force Latinx, or Latinx. as Joe Biden would say, Latinx. I don't even know how to say it, but I'm pretty sure it's not Latinx. Uh, no, I think it is Latinx. Oh, is it really? I don't I, think it's Latinx. I think Latinx is your you're making a. You're making a statement when you say Latinx. You're re you're revealing your <laughs> lack of wokeness, Greg. Oh man. Well, uh, I guess I guess that could be the case. So anyway, uh, the fun part, of course, is that Latinos uh, want nothing to do with this word because it means nothing to them, and so uh, it, they just laugh at it, and it just drives them further and further away from the woke white people, basically on the left, <laughs> who are supposedly right. their greatest champions. And so now. The woke white has decided <laughs> that they are going to get rid of Latinx because they know it's hurting them now and they're going to come up with a new word. So this was in <laughs> Salon. And so, you know, though this was wrong to try and impose a word that was not being used in the in the population. That was just never, never a good idea. So instead, they're still on this jihad against gendered language, though, but in the Spanish language everything's gendered it's either a male or, right. a or a female noun but they're not they're not deterred here rob the new word is latina but it's not with an a at the end it's with an e so you know it's basically one letter away from latrine which i'm sure they're gonna love latine uh, yeah l-a-t-i-n-e but it's pronounced it's got three syllables it looks like latine but it says it's pronounced <laughs> la teen and then e-h which i read as sounds latine. like a Sounds like the name of a drag queen. Or maybe since, I, since I'm from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, it could be Latine. Yeah. Eh? eh? So um, anyway, so beyond that, though, that's not all. They're going. So they're still going to change articles in Spanish. It's not going to be los for feminine or los for masculine. It's going to be lace, L-E-S. Uh, and then in terms of pronouns, because we can't let the pronouns stay, I guess it would be A-A-E-L-L-E -L -L -E, as opposed to L or ella. 
So, Rob, the insanity continues <laughs> apace, and I'm sure the Latinos are going to love this one. They're going to they're going to sign. Right yeah, up their this. problem was just the choice of the of the change. It was yeah. It's, I you know I think they did a poll and they said like you know uh, you know 97 percent of all Latinos think it's stupid. Three percent are really offended. Like zero percent like it. <laughs> but here's why, because, as you say, language is gendered and language, those romance languages are gendered. I think German has three genders, which, you know, well, I guess they were ahead of the curve. Um, but I, to me, what's weird is it, it is exactly the thing that these people say they're against. You are going to a culture and you're telling them your language is wrong. And you should change it. And uh, we're going to change it for you which is pretty much the definition of colonial I've ever heard. Like, I mean, I'm no, no, I'm not trying to sound all, you know, woke and DEI ish, but this is colonialism. When you go into a culture and you tell them, Oh, you know, your language is all messed up and we don't like it and it's wrong and we're going to change it. And you're going to have to change it too. And I think naturally people who've been speaking a language their whole lives just kind of resent that. I mean, I, I, I don't know why that's so surprising, but again, this is, this is, this is the product of it. If you find yourself saying to somebody who speaks Spanish and whose grandparents spoke Spanish and whose great, great, great grandparents spoke Spanish and who studied Spanish literature in high school and college. If you find yourself telling that person, Oh no, 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 your language is all wrong. We got to <laughs> fix it. You need to take a day, just take a day off. Go go to a, like a day spa and just relax a little bit and then ask yourself why it is so necessary for you to, to meddle into somebody's language so much and so obtrusively that you're forcing them to say Id idiotic sounding words because you don't like the fact that in Spanish, you know, chair is a feminine noun. What is going wrong? What, are, what is wrong with you? And I, I, I really do believe that you, you can still be a liberal progressive and you can still have all these liberal progressive views. You can still be fighting the right good fight. You can still be a radical feminist. You can still be whatever you want to be. That's fine. It's America. I, I wholeheartedly celebrate you. But you don't have to go full insanity. You don't have to go nuts. And I just don't understand why the choice is all the time for them to go nuts. I mean, I, you know, I look, look, I'm, I'm a conservative, right? So I look around the culture and I think, well, you know, we kind of lost a lot, right? Basically the, the culture's liberal and um, for a lot of reasons and whatever. So what I don't understand is why the liberals aren't doing a victory lap, but they're, they're still furious. Now it's like, well, your language is wrong. <laughs> your language is wrong. You're wearing the wrong clothes. You use the wrong pronoun. It You, you have the wrong ending to a noun in Spanish. This is just bizarre behavior. Um, and they're going to just drive themselves insane. I mean, this is where people people who have these compulsions end up in like mental hospitals or heavily medicated. Uh, that is that is what I believe that in the future, the left will be so undone by all of their little tiny passionate interventions that they're going to, you know, just to be have to be sedated all the time. How, I mean, how do, how do you live knowing that there are people speaking Spanish and putting Feminine or masculine articles in front of now. I'm like, God, like, like, how could you sleep? So I don't know. That's my, my my theory is if you're a conservative, you should just relax and let all this happen because these it's it's like a kid. You're gonna spin yourself out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe life will be better when ev when every really truly progressive American has to be heavily sedated all day just to get through the day. Just kind of you'll see these zombies kind of walking through and you think, oh, that, that's probably a liberal. 
Well, it's hilarious and it's insane, of course, and that's uh, largely where we're focusing here. But why? Why are they doing it? Because, you know, at first, you know, for years and decades, it was supposed to be, you know, we're pushing towards equality, men and women, and now we're erasing the distinction entirely. And so why why are they trying to get rid of gender language? We could do an entire podcast, uh, probably do a whole hour on this question. Uh, my suggestion is that they see the nuclear family as a threat and they're just trying to erase uh, distinctions all yeah. over the place. But, you know, what's your what's your uh, well, two you know, things, right? Take? One, yeah, I, I, my, my one minute take is that, yes, I, the dark reason is power. Right. If I can get you to change your words and call something something else, then I have power over your brain. That isn't actually true. But I but I believe that the that the progressive, you know, reformers, utopians believe that. The second is I think it's just a hu- it's human nature. If you've ever seen a, 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 mo- a mother with a baby and a mother who cannot leave that baby alone, always fuss making, creating their own kind of like fussy baby by always making these adjustments and this all that's babies wrapped too tight or not tight enough. It's cold. It's not cold. And, and you look at these babies, the babies are miserable all the time because all they're just being poked and prodded and like dealt with all the time. Um, and then the babies throw up on you and you think, well, why did that baby throw up on me? Maybe it's because you're just touching it all the time and making trouble for it and just leave it alone. Like, just let's stop adjusting. And I think that's part of it. The human nature in flying and piloting, they call this, this is actually a phenomenon. And I know I, I'm going too long, but I just, when pilots are uh, usually young and they are controlling an airplane and they hit a little turbulence, just a little bit, like they hit a little air bump, they correct for that. And then, but they overcorrect and they go down a little bit and then they, create a little bit more turbulence for themselves that then they have to correct for. And then before you know it, the pilots say, oh, I'm sorry, we hit a little rough patch here, but it, they know they created that rough patch. It's called pilot induced turbulence. It's trouble that you created yourself by trying to control everything too much. And I think that is sort of where the left finds itself. They want to apply it to nationalities too, Rob, not Mexi, <laughs> not Mexicano uh, anymore. It's Mexicane with an E at the end. Uh, so we- Good luck. God, this is just, it's in-kind advertising for the Republican Party when you do this stuff. Yeah, it so really we, is. It's like, yeah, right. It's, like, it's earned media, they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Anyway, uh, Rob, I'm not sure how much more insanity we can fit into one podcast. So let's stop there. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Rob Long, contributing editor at National Review Online, co-founder of Ricochet. He is also the co-host of the Glob Podcast. He's host of the Martini Shot. And uh, always good to have him filling in for Jim, who will be back on Monday. Uh, I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us. And please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Tell a friend about us as well. Thank you for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play 3 Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He is at rcbl jim is at jim garrity i'm at dateline underscore dc and don't forget about jim's brand new novel of course gathering five storms and the accompanying short story saving the devil have a great weekend and please join us again on monday for the next three martini lunch hey guys we know there's so much going on in the news but don't worry because we're here to talk about all the things the white house has no effective plan to fix our crumbling economy as we watch our 401ks disappear and biden is looking more senile than ever after claiming it's elton john's fault that we're spending billions on hiv and aids hey it's the chicks here from the chicks on the right podcast download and subscribe to our daily podcast to hear us pick apart and pick on the news of the day politics to pop culture nobody's safe but it's all fun subscribe on itunes or where wherever you get your podcasts.